Hello, this is David Thompson from the Fraser Valley in British Columbia with a message for those that are hungry and thirsty for reality, for ultimate meaning and destiny in their lives. And I want those that are hungry and will not be satisfied with something that is not reality, that is less than the meaning and purpose for which all things exist, to go to my website at ultimatemeaning.com where there is a flip book where I have written very original writing by the gifting of the Spirit of God through me. And in that print there, there's lots of print that's highlighted in red, which are links to YouTube videos that are very profound and amazing, that highly confirm from many fields of science the reality of what I am sharing. What I'm sharing isn't just some religion to believe in. It is the reality of the reason for your life and of all that there is. And what am I talking about? I am talking about the ultimate manifestation and perfection of love, who is the one true eternal God. This love, I briefly describe, always chooses the highest lasting good over any lesser choice. Any lesser choice as such would have a measure of corruption in it. This love has such purity and integrity that it is a blazing fire of judgment against all that is contrary to this love that always chooses the highest lasting good. It is the holiness of God or the defensive aspect of love. Love without integrity to judge what is contrary to love is not love. This love is the antithesis of corruption, the opposite of corruption. It ensures a destiny without corruption that can ever enlarge in creative fulfillment and pleasures in fellowship with God and his myriads of creation that will go on forever and ever. And I am writing a book about it, an in-depth book, which will be coming out in the very near future, basically showing the solid evidence from many fields of science on life after death and going into many, many accounts of people and what they have experienced when they have died from every background, and especially of those of genuine Christians, which greatly contrasts the experience of those that are not. They all experience going into a very real place, which they describe in great detail, that is so wonderful and amazing, that there's not words in this dimension of existence which is so inferior to possibly describe the greatness of the glory and pleasure of your destiny if you are reconciled to God through Jesus Christ. This message that I'm sharing today are for those that have come to the saving knowledge of God through Jesus Christ who, by the way, is God manifest in the flesh. And I should just briefly share that in Genesis 18, you have the account of Abraham at his tent door in the heat of the day, and he lifts up his eyes, and there's three men standing a bit of a distance before him. He runs to them and wants to make a wonderful meal for them, which he does. They sit down and eat, and he addresses one of them as Yahweh, which is the most sacred name or God in the Old Testament. In fact, Christ said, I am. 
referring to the fact that he was Yahweh in the New Testament. And yes, it was Jesus Christ in Theophany that visited Abraham there in Genesis 18. Yes, God is great enough to create, to communicate with those he creates. Do you think he would create something and not communicate with him? Yes, it's a little speck of a planet, like a speck of dust in the midst of all the dust and grains of sand in this world, as far as its size in the midst of the universe. And yes, God humbles himself to behold the things that are in the heavens, and he humbles himself to come into this creation realm and communicate with us. And not only that, he came in Jesus Christ and became a perfect atoning substitutionary sacrifice on the cross. Yes, he humbled himself more than you, a mere creature, and suffered more than you, a mere creature, so that you could choose to repent and be reconciled to God. You see, he didn't create you as a machine that doesn't have the capacity to love, that just has an input from some outside source that is not the origin. The machine is not the origin. No, he created you with the capacity to love. Because that is the greatest dimension of existence and of fulfillment. And God is love. And the first aspect of his love is this integrity of love that I've described, which is represented in the negative symbol in math and in electronics and so on and in nature. It represents cutting off corruption. It represents an indestructible foundation because it is the antithesis of corruption from which can spring forth creativity that goes on forever, ever enlarging and creative fulfillment of fellowship with God and his creation. Yes, out of that negative symbol comes the positive symbol by the crossing out of that negative symbol, forming the symbol of the cross. And that is in the fact that God always had the capacity in his being from the infinite past to be able to so love as to become a perfect atoning substitutionary sacrifice for us. And so it came to pass in this time and space we are And it was always, it says in the word of God that he was slain from the foundation of the world or from the very beginning of creation before all of the things were created. There was always that capacity in God. Only this love could be an ultimate trustworthiness that would be worthy to contain unlimited power and life and authority without being corrupted by it or using it in a corrupt way, and is thus indicative that he is God, the very source of unlimited and ultimate authority, power, and life. And for God to be God, he must be in three personages to rule in the three ultimate aspects of existence which are beyond creation as the Father, in creation as the Son, and filling all creation and omnipresence, and beyond creation and omnipresence as the Holy Spirit. If he couldn't be in personage simultaneously in those three ultimate aspects of existence, he would not be God. No, the one true eternal God is the Almighty. That is the name for God in the Old Testament, it is in the English, it's Lord God. In the Hebrew, it's Yahweh. And the second word for 
God is Elohim, meaning the Almighty, is referring to the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. So I am sharing this message to give to the churches today throughout the United States and around the world in this serious time of crisis. And for those that are still duped by the lying news media, wake up. You only have to go to my website at ultimatemeaning.com or loverealize.com where I have links right on the homepage there to very good valid news sources that actually cite solid science instead of saying that they cite science when they're totally lying to you and don't, like the news media does today that's been all co-opted in the last 30 years, infiltrated by the Chinese Communist Party and the globalist elites that are atheists such as George Soros, Bill Gates, and so on. And they're using this COVID as a blinking excuse and lie to take away power from the people, put it in their own hands, and become tyrants over the whole world with the help of the Chinese Communist Party. Anyhow, I don't want to get into that too much. I want to share with you that I seek to speak as the oracles of God because it says in the word of God, if any man speak, let him speak as the oracles of God in 1 Peter 4.11. So I will seek to give this message that way. Let me explain this a bit further. It says in Revelations 19.10, Worship God for the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. When we worship God out of great reverence and love for God in spirit and in truth. We are filled with the spirit in an overflow beyond ourselves that can result in creative utterances beyond ourselves. In other words, we can prophesy, whether it's an exhortation or a testimony or however it comes forth by the spirit of God, but it is coming from the spirit of God beyond our own words. I will seek to speak out of a heart set and mindset of worship, therefore. One of the things I do to facilitate that is I cast lots to get the possibility of two chapters, any two chapters from the Bible, and then I meditate on them for half an hour and preach, and that is the case today. This time I also got a third chapter because I wanted to get something from the New Testament as well. So I want to share with you the chapters I've received. I also choose a song, so I have a song I've chosen today, and I also do cast it by lot. Shoot, I close the hymn. I remember the hymn number I got out of a hymn of 10,000, pardon me, not 10,000, 1,080 hymns. I got today 1027. I'm not going to have us sing that one, but the words are appropriate because it's God knocking at the heart of the lukewarm church. That's basically what it is. And it was softly and tenderly, Jesus is calling, calling for you and for me. Patiently, Jesus is waiting and watching, watching for you and for me. Come home, come home. But I decided to choose another song. And so we will sing that song today that is on my website at loverealize.com where I have a whole playlist that you can listen to of really high quality worship songs. So we will play that song now here. The day approaches Jesus. 
Yes, sir. 
wonderful, wonderful to be in such a love relationship with Jesus Christ in this present world that would try to rob us of that relationship by busyness, by just mere seeking of survival instead of learning to rest with faith in him through all the storms and trials of life. God is calling us to enter into such a love relationship with him, a first love relationship with him. And I want to share with you now the two chapters that I received by the casting of Lot before Yahweh, the Almighty's Father, Son, and Holy Spirit today. And so we will go to those two. Well, actually, I, I chose three chapters because I wanted to get something from the New Testament as well. So I cast Lot also in the Old Testament in the New Testament because I the first two were both Old Testament. Sometimes I'm led to do things that way. Now, the first chapter I received was Exodus 12, and that is about the children of Israel with the Passover leaving, and it's a long chapter. And then the next chapter I received was Psalms 124, which has the very same theme. It is about escape. In fact, I'll read that one because it's a very short, short psalm, and I'll just read verse 7 and 8 of Psalm 124. Our soul is escaped as a bird out of the snare of the followers. The snare is broken, and we are escaped. Our help is in the name of Yahweh, who made heaven and earth. We are escaped. You know, this speaks of the translation of the saints that will happen towards the very soon eminent return of Jesus Christ for the second time to this world. I mean, in his power and in his glory and kingdom. So I will now go back to Psalm, or pardon me, Exodus 12, and just read some of the verses there but not all of them, because it's such a large chapter. Beginning in verse 19, it says, Seven days shall there be no leaven found in your houses. For whosoever eateth that which is leavened, even that soul shall be cut off from the congregation of Israel, whether he be a stranger or born in the land. He shall eat nothing leavened. In all your habitations shall ye eat unleavened bread. Then Moses called for all the elders of Israel and said unto them, Draw out and take you a lamb according to your families and kill the Passover. And ye shall take a bunch of hyssop and dip it in the blood that is in the basin and strike the lintel and the two side posts with the blood that is in the basin. And none of you shall go out at the door of his house until the morning. For the Lord will pass through to smite the Egyptians and when he seeth the blood upon the lintel and on the two side posts, the Lord will pass over the door and will not suffer the destroyer to come in onto your houses to smite you. And ye shall observe this thing for an ordinance to thee and to thy sons forever. And it shall come to pass when ye shall come to the land which the Lord will give you according as he hath promised, that ye shall keep this service. Now I don't have time to read all of what happens here. For there is a great cry that goes throughout the land and all the firstborn are dead from the firstborn of Pharaoh all the way down to the firstborn of all the cattle. And then the children of Israel 
are supposed to have unleavened bread and they leave even when their bread is not fully unleavened yet. It's still in their clothes needed and they're wanting it to be leavened, of course. So they go for seven days journey with just eating unleavened bread. Now, okay. I want to go now to Timothy that was also received by the casting of Lot today. And it says this, this know also that in the last days perilous times shall come, for men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, without natural affection, truce breakers, false accusers, incontinent, theorists, despisers of those that are good, traitors, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God, having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof from such turn away, for of this sort are they which creep into houses and lead captive silly women laden with sins, led away with divers' lusts, ever learning and never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. Now, I believe I should go to First Timothy there and go into it a bit more. Um, hopefully, I can get back to it here. Huh. Wouldn't you know that I ended up going to uh, Luke 17, but we'll just go past that. Okay, it's going to various verses that I've copied and paid. Here it is. Uh, 2 Timothy chapter 3. And so the emphasis here is that even though evil becomes greater and greater towards the end of time, in the times we are living, we're seeing how absolutely insane it is that we have obviously come to maturity and so have the terrors and we can see the insanity of it the self-destructiveness of their mindset and really hell contagious state of being from the doctrines of demons what i want to point out here is this what is god saying by his spirit through these verses. He is saying that we are to be those that are ready for his coming, for him to open up unto us immediately. That is why I received by lot the song, which is similar to the verse that says concerning the church of Laodicea, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear my voice and open the door, I will come into him. Yes, the song was Softly and tenderly, Jesus is calling, calling for you and for me. He is calling for the church to wake up and to come into a deep communion and love relationship with him because he is jealous for you and he loves you very much and he wants you to inherit all things that he's created you to inherit and not to suffer eternal or everlasting loss. There is two Passovers that are going to happen. We've seen here in Exodus 12, the first Passover. But let me read some verses to describe the second Passover that is going to happen from Isaiah 26, 19 to 21. Thy dead men shall live together with my dead body, shall they arise, awake and sing, ye that dwell in the dust. For thy Jew is as the Jew of herbs, and the earth shall cast out the dead. Come, my people. Enter thou into thy chambers, and shut thy doors about thee. 
hide thyself, as it were, for a little moment, until the indignation be overpassed. For behold, Yahweh cometh out of his place to punish the inhabitants of the earth for their iniquity. The earth also shall disclose her blood and shall no more cover her slain. This is the description of the return of Yahweh, the Almighty's Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, of Jesus Christ to this world, which is so aptly described and which I preached on recently from, I believe, Luke 17 and 21, and of course, Matthew 24. And the pattern is very clear there as to the chronology. And it does say in Revelations also, towards the very end of the tribulation, it says this, Behold, I come as a thief. And then it goes on to say, Take heed that you're not found naked, lest being found naked. Of course, if you're found naked, you won't make it. God is calling us as his people to be those that have the extra oil that buy of him the gold that is tried in the fire and have garments that are not with spot, that are not defiled, like the church of Sardis that sold out to guilds and probably other things in order to compromise and have a wonderful great income and everything else. Nowadays, we are being asked to get a vaccine. No, we're not going to sell out to those things. We're not going to condone the unfruitful works of darkness that are trying to kill people with those vaccines. And of course, many multitudes of people that have had two or more vaccines are dying in the droves now. That's solid statistics from insurance companies, from very valid sources, from what they're experiencing in the morgues and so on, you know, the funeral homes, etc. I can't go into it. God is calling his people back to a first love relationship with him. And it says here in the word of God, and hopefully I've got it down here, Luke 21, 35 to 36. For as a snare shall it come on all them that dwell on the face of the whole world. Watch ye therefore and pray always that ye may be accounted worthy to escape all these things and that shall come to pass and to stand before the Son of Man. Now in Matthew 24, it's even more clearly explained the chronology. Basically, it describes from the time of, you, you could say, the persecution of the church in Acts, and then towards the end of Matthew 24, and I wasn't planning to go there, but just to briefly explain it to you, it then describes that there is this time of great tribulation, which is under the Antichrist, that is the greatest time of tribulation in the history of the world. And then after that great tribulation period, it says the sun and the moon will be darkened right after it. And then it says at that point of time that the whole world will see Christ returning with the clouds of multitudes of the heavenly host. 
and they will mourn and they will call for the mountains and the rocks to follow them. As described in Revelation, you see, when the presence of God emanates from outer space in this mighty glorious cloud of glory, it's going to cause the dead, as it mentioned in Isaiah 26, to disclose their slain and people will seek to kill themselves, but they will not be able to kill themselves. Because what the secular scientists call the fifth dimension, but the dimension which is far greater than the physical dimension will begin to merge with this third dimension, which is very inferior, and then they will not be able to kill themselves. And they will call for the rocks and the mountains to fall and to hide them from the face of him that sitteth from the, on the throne. For the great day of his wrath is come, and who shall be able to stand? But what does it say then in Matthew 24? Maybe I'll turn to Matthew 24 quickly so it's better to, you know, get the words exact, right? And so we go to Matthew 24 here just quickly. I'm just going to turn there now. Matthew 24. And it says the following. First, there's the great deception. after that great tribulation period. It's a time of very great tribulation. Talks about, obviously, it's the Antichrist calling down fire and so on. And it says that somewhere after, or just before the sun is darkened, it says there's going to be this sudden translation of the saints. For as the lightning cometh out of the east, and shineth even unto the west, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. For wheresoever the carcass is, there will the eagles be gathered together. In other words, eagles are attracted to death. Those that are attracted to death will be attracted to death. We are attracted to life, and we will. Th there comes that critical point of mass where there's suddenly the quantum leap, so to speak, where we are translated to be with the very life source and love source of the universe. And it says here that he'll send his angels with a great sound of a trumpet to gather his elect. And that's even after the Son of Man appears to everyone. And they start crying for the rocks and the mountains. There is this translation most likely after the whole world. Somewhere during the time when the whole world is seeing the Son of Man returning. And God will return. Are we going to be those that are ready? That are walking in that first love relationship? How can the church go back to just having church the way it always did? In this time of such serious crisis, how can that be? I have written a book called God, Headship, and Body Invasion. And it's all in what you can do in your local assembly to not limit the fullness of the headship of Christ from inhabiting your local assembly until the glory of God comes down in its fullness and breaks the darkness over your community. And you begin to conquer your community and your city and your nation with the gospel as never before. You need to return to becoming 
his house of prayer and of holiness, where you just delight in the presence of God and in seeking him. There's no more an abundant life than that. There's nothing more satisfying than the presence of God. All of these earthly temptations, the gods of this world, or the gods of amusement that so many Christians fall plague to, where they spend hours watching sports instead of praying and seeking God, you're missing out. It only leaves you empty inside. Do you not want the fullness of his indwelling in you and of his glory and a far more abundant experience of him using you in the ways that he's made you creatively to be used in ways that redeem the time? If you're not redeeming the time, you're not buying the extra oil. You're not going to be part of those that are in that wonderful translation of the saints. He's coming for those that have the extra oil. And he's calling the church to wake up and to become his conquering bride church in these last days. And so this message is a message from the Spirit of God to wake you up, to come into a deep first love relationship with him. You as an individual can experience abundance of life even in the midst of great trials. And I myself am going through a great trial financially now. I don't know how my needs are going to be met. I've tried everything I can. I'm just praying for God to give me wisdom. And I'm trusting him. I'm trying to sell my domain names. They're really valuable names. You can support me by uh, buying the book I mentioned, God Headship and Body Invasion on Amazon. Or going to my website. I really need help at this time. And I ask that God will open a door because my desire is to see the bride church of Christ awaken and awaken the churches and to see a church planted right here where I live, if that's God's will, that is awakened, alive and in the power and in the glory of Christ. There's no time to play church. This is the time to wake up and conquer as individuals and corporately. Thank you for listening to this message.